tonight we're going to talk a lot more about how other people are hurting and how we can come together and play a part in like actually loving them and all that stuff. But let's be honest, it's kind of fun to maybe dislike some things sometimes. You find that you're like, ugh, I hate that. And then you find other people are like, we all started to agree. We're like, yeah, that's the worst, right? Like, you can find that it's like easy to almost like jump in on that. When someone calls out something they hate, we often want to join in and pile on. I mean, because I think it kind of resonates with us. You're like, yep, I feel that. Uh, but although it's pretty harmless to gang up on something dumb like pineapple on pizza, Like pineapple on pizza. Oh, what did I start? No, no, no. This is what you need to do. Let me, let me update you on your pizza game. This is what you want to do your next time, all right? You want pepperoni and bacon. That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. Pepperoni and bacon. Mm, that is, are you saying I'm basic? Oh, wow. Okay. But here, here's a, a question. Here's a question that I don't need you to answer, but just think about this. Have you ever noticed how easy it is for us to gang up on other people? Like, like think about it. Like, we just all kind of agreed on something. It maybe wasn't the pineapple thing. Maybe it was something else we just heard someone mention. But, you know, it's easy for us to be like, oh, I dislike that too. I can't stand for that too. And then there's also the other side where we find how easy it is for us to maybe gang up on people because we hear something happen to someone or someone did this and that, and it's easy for us to be like, oh, yeah, I hate when they do that. Uh-oh, quiet. Cricket. My friend used to do that all the time when it was an awkward conversation, so you guys could start doing this too, is just go, cricket. <laughs> you know how like that happens in movies when it's like dead quiet and it's awkward? Yeah, that's just what happened. So I want to show you... It's for all my Disney lovers. I have a song, a music video, I guess, or whatever, a clip. If you know it, you can sing along. But this might give a good example of how we end up ganging up on others. Can you play this? The beast will make off with your children. He'll come after them in the night. We're not safe till his head is mounted on my wall. I say we kill the beast. Safe until he's dead, he'll come stalking us at night. Said to sacrifice our children to his monstrous oh. appetite. He'll wreak havoc on our village if we let him wander free. So it's time to take some action, boys. It's time to follow me. The mist through the woods, through the darkness and the shadows. It's a nightmare, but it's one exciting ride. <laughs> Say a prayer, then we're there at the drawbridge of a castle, and there's something truly terrible inside. Uh, it's a beast. On. He's got fangs, razor. Does anyone like Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. Okay. All right, Daniel. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right. So the point of this video, as you can notice, is it's called the Mob Song. All right. And what happens is you can see that Gaston, right? Is that how you say his name? Uh, I was friends with Gaston at Disney World, by the way. Um, but Gaston, what he's doing is he's getting other people riled up, and they're, he's forming this gang, this mob, to go after this beast, right? And it's crazy how we end up doing that sometimes. 
maybe it's not like that extreme. Like, let's get pitchforks and like go to the classroom and be like, oh, let's get them. But, <laughs> or some of you have homeschoolers, you did it at home. You're like, let's get our sister. She's the worst. No, no, no. So sometimes it's like we're just waiting for someone to make a mistake. Shh. We're waiting for someone to make a mistake so we can gang up on them. Here's a little side note. I think sometimes we do that because really we just want the focus off us. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but it's easy when you see that someone else has done, made a mistake and how quick it is for us to just tag team with our friends. Because it's like, you know what? I've made my own mistakes, but if I can focus on them, then no one's going to notice mine. I don't know if you've been there or if you actually can relate, but if you really think about it, it's usually why we end up calling out other people is because we're dealing with our own insecurities. When one person is angry enough or scared enough or mean enough, it doesn't take much for their negative emotions to spread to others. Pretty soon, an entire group of people will even... Uh, will often join in, united by their shared anger or hatred. So uh, psychologists use this term mob mentality. Have you heard that before? And that's kind of what we saw in the videos. Like, you kind of create this mob mentality. Let's get these people together. You probably never joined an angry mob with pitchforks and torches, but I'm guessing you've seen a group of people get together and gang up on someone before. Or maybe you were that someone. Cricket? Maybe there was a time in your life where someone or a group of people ended up ganging up on you. You made a mistake. I just realized I had a mob moment. I could have gotten everyone to gang up. I was like, let's not do it. That's the bad example. Um, but if you're taking notes, all right, and I encourage you guys, let me say this too. Start bringing a Bible and a journal, all right, because I hope that Sunday nights will actually be a place where we can leave. Sometimes what happens is that they say within 72 hours you end up forgetting. I don't know if you've noticed that. If you start to pay attention to maybe even things from class, you're like, oh, 72 hours, you're like, well, what did we learn again? What happens here is if you truly believe that coming here is more than just hanging out with friends, but like, man, I need to hear something from God, or I need a community of people to be with me, I encourage you Sunday nights, bring a Bible and journal. Why? Because when you take notes, it allows you to be able to go back and reflect and be able to say, okay, this is what God was speaking to me in that moment. So if you're taking notes, my encouragement for you, if you have a phone right now, do that. Uh, but write this down. We're designed to gather together. All right, we're designed to gather together. Now, what I'm talking about with the mob mentality is you're going to realize that naturally we're designed to be in community. We're designed to gather together. But what happens is, is we can either go one of two ways. One, you do the whole let's gather together and let's attack this person. Or let's gather together and let's find healing for this person. Let's gather together and let's actually surround them in their moment. Because they're hurting right now. So we're designed to gather together. God has designed us to thrive in relationships with each other, but instead of coming together in healthy relationships, we often come together in judgment or hatred of others. And that's not what God intended. For the last two weeks, we've been talking about what we can do when we face losses, challenges, or failures. We talked about how Jesus can redeem what's gone wrong. Has there something in your life that's gone wrong? Like right now, do you feel like, man, something just feels off. I feel out of alignment. Is there another cricket thing? 
All right, no more cricket stuff. I only do the cricket stuff. That's my joke. All right, so we're designed to gather together, but Jesus can redeem what's gone wrong. So is there something in your life that's gone wrong? And maybe in the past when it has gone wrong, have there been people who have surrounded you in comfort, surrounded you with love, with grace? I was just dealing with something a couple weeks ago where, uh, I'll just put it this way, I don't want to go into too many details, but something was about to happen, and it didn't happen, and there was a lot on the line, and I had to play a big part in it, like I didn't do it, I'll just say this, like I was good, all right, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm a good guy in this situation, all right, because I, I can't give too many details, but the situation happened where I was there to support, and was hired for a job, and when it didn't work out, everyone was just upset. And I went to the person who uh, wanted me there, and I talked things out with her, like, hey, what's going on, you know? And afterwards, I went to talk with the family, and the family, um, you know, was like, what do we do? I mean, they're, they were angry. They were upset, and they're like, what do we do? And I remember, I, I said to them, I don't even know how much uh, that they believe in Christianity, believe in Jesus or whatever, but I, I just was bold with them. I said, you need to give her grace just as much as you would hope someone give you grace in your darkest moment. Because right now, like, I'm not saying what happened is right, but she needs to know that her family and her friends, like, love her and support her. But there are consequences for actions, and there's things that, like, need to be addressed and I think about my situations when I've been in, in a moment of, like, I just need someone to give me grace. Because I already am hating myself. I already feel the pressure on myself because I did something wrong. Everything has gone wrong in my life right now, and I already feel it. And then you just want the people around you not to just keep pointing the finger or ignore you, but to actually surround you and be like, man, I'm, I'm with you. Maybe that wasn't the right call, but we can talk about that another time. But in this moment, you need to know that I love you and that this grace is here. And that's the beautiful thing about Jesus is that even when things have gone wrong in your life, he's not pointing that finger. A lot of people know John 3.16, for God so loved the world. My question is, do you know John 3.17? I think it's probably the most overlooked verse in the Bible because everyone knows John 3.16. But almost no one in the church ever knows John 3.17. And John 3.17 says that Jesus did not come to condemn the world. In the message version, it says to come and point the finger, but he came to heal it. How cool is that? How cool is it that we worship a God, we worship our Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, and in our wrong and in our mess, he didn't come down to condemn me. He came down to heal me. Yet I'm called to do the same. And so as we look at this and as we we're designed to gather together, Keep that in your mind. Write that in your notes that God has called me to live like he did. He lived. When he came down, he didn't come to point the finger. He came to bring healing. So for you and your group, friends, don't gang up on that person and be like, man, do you, did you hear what so-and-so did? Did you see what, what she did or what he did? Instead, be like, man, you know what God would do in this moment? He wouldn't condemn. He would surround her, surround him, love him, and just point him back to the truth. And God can be trusted. But today, I don't want to talk about your hurt or pain. I want to talk about what we do when others are hurting. It's easy to gang up on someone, but when someone is in pain or has made a big mistake, what might it look like for us to gather around them in a different way? So I want to share a story. Some of you were actually there. Uh, 
It was a very powerful moment a couple Sundays ago. Does anyone know what I'm about to talk about? So I mentioned that my wife's in the hospital. Um, I guess for me to be open and vulnerable, this season has been pretty difficult. Um, I feel like I'm juggling a lot uh, outside of, like, I feel like there's three worlds I'm dealing with. This is the best way I can explain it. There's my home life, work life, like all the things that I kind of got used to. I have a rhythm with, right? Okay, this is what I do on Sunday. This is what I do on Monday. And then my wife goes to a doctor's appointment, and that doctor's appointment, they're like, yeah, you need to go stay at the hospital overnight. So we were supposed to be there 24 hours. And uh, they were going to give her, they gave her two shots for steroids. Pretty much what this means is that it was going to help our baby's lungs develop faster. Um, it's the only time steroids, I guess, are like legal to give somebody. Um, so I'm like, all right, cool. He better be a Michael Phelps when he comes out. That's all I'm saying. So, so she gets these shots, and then we do some other tests the next day, and they're like, oh, man, it's, lack of a better term, just, it just got worse. And uh, pretty much all that's the issue that we're dealing with right now is that the baby could come early, right? And uh, you don't want the baby to come too early because it just, it's harder for a baby to live, and you want, th we want the baby to cook, all right? That's the best way I could put it. You want the baby in the womb. So um, so to fast forward a little bit, we end up being there another week. Um, and then that Sunday, uh, I come to church. And, you know, it's funny is, I don't know, maybe you guys notice this, but on a Sunday morning, I do love to be front and center at worship. Yeah, all right, cool. Uh, one, you guys are all welcome to join me, and I hope you do. There's a reason why I love front and center. One, because I don't think I have a great voice, and I'm, like, right in front of the subs, and, like, no one can hear me. The other side is, is I don't want to see other people. I just, that's just me. I don't want to get distracted, and I just love, like, I just feel like I'm, like, present. I'm like, all right, God, like, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Now, wherever you worship, that's cool. Like, I'm just saying that's just me. I love that. And so that Sunday, what was different is I came in a little bit later because a lot of people were asking me, how's Sydney doing? How's Sydney doing? And uh, honestly, I was overwhelmed by it, um, just because it's like it's the same answer to 500 different people. And uh, and so I stood in the back, and then the second song they started was "No Longer Slaves." And I don't know what came over me, but I just was like, I gotta go up front. I know it. I just have to, because like for a while I was just feeling like I just need a breakthrough. And uh, man, I'm getting a little emotional just talking about. It. Sorry. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Um, but what's crazy is in my hurt and someone else's hurt, sometimes we isolate ourselves. And I didn't realize in the moment that I was isolating. So I was overwhelmed with everything going on and just like, I don't know what's going to happen with my baby. I don't know what's going to happen with my wife. And, uh, and so I'm in the back and, uh, wow, Whew, I got it. Um, thank you guys. Um, so No Longer Slaves comes on and I'm like, it just... I don't know if you've ever had that moment, but you just feel it in your spirit. You're like, this is for me. Like, I need it. And, uh, man, I beelined. Like, I, maybe you guys read my status on it, but I went straight to the front. I, I remember seeing, I saw Marlene and Matthew Walker kind of in my space, but they left me space. And I was like, oh, they just left. They just, that was a no-go. Like, I'm, I'm taking over. That was literally what went through my head. I, just, I was like, oh, man, they gave me way too much space. So I, like, busted through them. And um, as soon as I was, like, just about to worship, I just couldn't. Like, I don't know if you've ever had that moment, but you're like, I need to worship God in this pain. But man, I can't even, like, the words can't even come out. And, uh, and so in that moment, 
I just ended up dropping to my knees and uh, not to, I guess, you know, keep hitting on all the details, but I know the adults came around me and they surrounded me and I knew they would. And, it, and that's a cool feeling because I just knew. I just knew I'm around prayer warriors. I'm around these amazing men and women of God. And in my time of pain, they knew what was going on because I shared that, but they surrounded me and they lifted up my arms. And I don't know if you know this, but there's a, a, a scripture uh, that talks about Moses when they were in battle. And every time he held up his staff, they were winning. And when his arms got tired and, his, and they came down, they would start losing. But he had two men, Aaron and Hur, come beside him and hold up his arms. And uh, I love that story because it was in that moment when I'm on my knees and I'm crying. They're holding up my hands because I'm tired. I'm tired because just life is hitting hard. And, uh, and I'm like reminded of how the, the victory is happening because other people came around me. You know, I was making, like, a difference was happening in my life because others were willing to step forward and say, George is in pain, let me surround him. And then they left, that song ended, and then suddenly, I don't know, I just knew it, because this is what's crazy. I was crying so much, maybe you've never cried before, but I've cried. And I was bending over in such a way that it wasn't tears coming down this way, it was tears going this way. Like, that was literally, my posture was just so... Like, man, I'm just, I just can't do this. And so just tears are just like falling off my eyebrows. It seems like a weird picture, but it's just the truth. And my eyes were so watery, I just couldn't see. I mean, it was just so blurry. I didn't know who was around me. But I remember feeling these little hands. <laughs> I felt these little hands on my back and on my shoulder. And, uh, and then I heard worship. I heard young worship. And then I heard young prayers. And it was so beautiful. And if I could be honest with you, I've been here at this church for over five years now. Um, I've been a part of other ministry stuff. I've just, I've been to Christian colleges, whatever. And I would say it was probably one of the most powerful moments I've ever happened to me, but also like just witnessed. Like even afterwards, people were coming up and they were just like, I was bawling when I saw that. And I'm like, how amazing was it for people to see that you all, like surrounding me in my dark moment, like surrounding me in my pain, like how powerful that was. And like I said in the, in the status that when I kind of shared the update, what made it so impactful for me that you guys don't realize is that these Sunday nights, Monday nights with young adults, Sunday mornings, you know, for church, they're not for me. And I know people could try to like argue that, but they're not because these are designed for us to speak into your life. And for the most part, like, I don't really get many opportunities for, like, people to speak into mine. And, uh, and that's on me. All right? That's not on anyone else. That's on me. I just need to create more moments where I allow people in and allow them to speak truth into me. But what was awesome was to see you all were already living out what I'm going to be talking about tonight. That I'm strong because you surrounded me. I'm strong because in my pain and in my hurt, you were willing to say, man, George is going through something. Sydney's going through something, so I'm going to surround them in this moment. And it truly is probably one of the most powerful things that I've ever been a part of. And I can only imagine what other people saw. Because what I felt, like, I feel like everyone else probably was just in a standstill. Just like, this is awesome. I don't know. Anyone else? Anyone see it? Yeah? Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, seriously. I am. I And I'll say that I am... I'll, just going off what Kelly's saying, I'm super proud of you all because 
it's just cool to see that you're you're walking it out. You're taking this seriously. You're saying, man, I want to be used by God, and that you can do that for anyone. It could be Pastor Tim. It could have been Billy Graham when he was still alive that you could go and minister to him. Like, that's what's cool. Like, don't think because of your age or what's going on in your life that you don't have the power to speak. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Kaylin. Feel awkward now? It's all good. But I am. I'm proud of you guys, and I just want to say thank you because it was, it was very powerful for me. Um, so I'm, let me read some from Romans to kind of like bring this all together. Uh, Romans 5, verses 2 through 5 says this. It should be on the screen. Through him we have also obtained access by faith and to this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Paul says we can rejoice in our pain. Does anyone ever rejoice in their pain? You're like, is that possible? Can I truly rejoice in my pain? Paul says that we can rejoice in our pain. That seems a little weird, doesn't it? Nobody throws a party when they fail a test, get their heart broken, or make a big mistake. No one says, hey, come on over. Let's celebrate. I just messed up. But Paul says we have a legitimate reason to find joy in our pain. We rejoice because loss and failure produce perseverance, and perseverance over time produces character. But let's face it, no matter what Paul says, have you ever tried to be happy without, uh, happy about your own pain and suffering? It's not easy. It's not easy to keep putting a smile on. You don't want to be fake, but you honestly are just like, I, I'm trying to just find joy in this situation. Paul assumed this letter would be read by an entire church together, a group of people committed to God and to each other. If we want to understand what Paul is saying, we have to understand the context that Paul was writing in. With that in mind, a few pages later, it shouldn't be surprised that Paul talks in greater detail of what this looks like. We find this in Romans 12, 9 through 21. It says this, Let love be genuine. Arbor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight, repay no, no one evil for evil, but give thought to, to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible... So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Does that speak to anyone tonight? Maybe a little bit. Again, Paul tells us to rejoice in our suffering, but this time it's right in the middle uh, of advice on how we can love each other better. That's not an accident. Paul wanted his readers to understand he was writing to all of them, a community that was committed to each other. How cool is that to be a part of a, a community of people who are committed to one another? 
instead of just uh, committed to the, uh, their themselves. Paul knew something we, we need to remember. When life goes wrong, God gives us each other. When something hurtful is done to us, God gives us each other. When we suffer a tragedy or loss, God gives us each other. When we make huge mistakes, God gives us each other. Do you believe that? Do you believe tonight that when you ha are sitting in some mess, if you've lost someone, you're going through some pain, that God gave us each other? I want to show you this other video that I think is pretty cool. Um, and uh, to give you a little background, this girl hits a home run in a softball game, and as she's running past first base, she ends up, like, tearing a ligament. Um, yeah, you don't see that part, so don't worry. Um, you just see, like, the leg just go, like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You don't see her at all. Um, but the video will kind of explain it, but to, give, to help bring it all together, there's a couple of rules when she got hurt, and one is her teammates couldn't run for her, and if they wanted like a, is it pinch hitter, right, that's how you say it, then it, it wouldn't be a home run anymore, it would just be that she's safe on first, and that runner would have to start on first. So, at the end of the day, she either had to run around the bases herself, like, or it wasn't a home run. Does this make sense? So, what you're about to see is how the other team comes beside her. Check this out. Um, they didn't just pretend to care about her, but they really cared. They honored her. They honored the fact that she, like, hit a home run and wanted to help her hit the bases. They practiced enthusiasm, joy, hope, patience, and hospitality. They celebrated her and her victory, and they mourned with her in her pain. They weren't too proud to help her. They refused to see her as an enemy to be hated or ignored. They saw her as a person to be loved. Every time we see someone fall, either in pain or in failure, we have an opportunity to pick them up and help them finish the game. When we do, we all win together. We all grow stronger together. We all build character together. We all model hope, joy, and selfless love to the world around us together. People were moved when they saw this. It was all over the news after it happened. And the question is why? Maybe it's because deep down we know we're designed to do life together. Maybe it was because when people saw this, they were moved knowing that's what life should be like. Instead of the enemy saying, yeah, no, 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 no home run. No, she needs to stay on first. We end up doing that to people all the time. She had a great moment, but in that great moment also had a pain. Yet the other team came around her. So I want to do this. I know we only have a little bit of time, and I, I want to get us to our packs. But before we leave today, I want us to take a moment to put into practice something we talked about today. And if you're here today and you were hurting, now, I want us to gather together again. Something that we've been doing lately is we've just been praying with one another because we believe in prayer. And maybe you're that person, like my story from a couple weeks ago, where you're like, you don't know all my details. You don't know what wrong I've done or you don't know what pain I'm going through. But I just need someone to come surround me and lift my arms up. I need someone to help me find joy in my suffering right now. And so, uh, Marlene, if, I don't know, if you just want to find a worship song, we're just going to take about five minutes uh, if you will, people in your pack, in your grade, if you're new, just I'm asking you to maybe be a little bit vulnerable. You don't have to share anything. But if that's you tonight, I just want to give us a moment where we can surround each other in prayer, maybe with like four to five people in a group. Is that cool? And then we'll split up into our packs. All right? 
So let me pray, and as Marlene plays a song, I'm going to give us five minutes to just pray with one another. Father God, we just thank you for tonight. God, I thank you that in the midst of our pain or in others' pains, that you give us an opportunity. You give us options. We can either love them or we can hurt them. We could talk poorly about them or, man, we could, we could be praying for them. Father, I pray tonight as we take this opportunity now, some of us may have come here and said, you know what, I'm hurting. You don't know all my pain. You don't know all my details. You don't know all the wrongs I've done. I just need someone to come and hold my arms up because I'm tired. And so, Father, we just give you this moment to honor you and that people tonight, students tonight, will leave here finding your peace and finding joy in the suffering. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.